My subject this morning is avoid being a spiritual guinea pig. Hallelujah. I tell you it looks funny, but it's not going to be funny. Avoid being a spiritual what? Guinea pig. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a very few definitions here. You see, there's, there's a kind of an evil going on today within the body of Christ. A kind of an evil. Where those who are supposed to be free in Christ are oppressed even in the house of God. Amen? Amen. To me, it's an evil. Where people who have maybe received the privilege, because when I use the word maybe, some of us are called and some are not called by God. They are called by men. So when I use the word maybe, you have to understand the context. And those of us who come into such platform, we take advantage of the flock of God. And so we manipulate them as a result of their ignorance. Hallelujah. We so manipulate them that the value of the death of Christ is completely missing. That they know for themselves they can know Christ anymore. The heart of a true preacher or teacher of the world is that Christ be formed in you. You are supposed to be a person who lives out the Christ that lives within you. Your life is not supposed to be dependent on external voices. Hallelujah. Now, the word guinea pig, just in case you want to get that. It's a small, first of all, guinea pig is a small, stouted, bodied, short, ear, tailless, domesticated rodent. It's a kind of an animal that is found most in South America. And it's often kept or raised for biological research. Guinea pigs are group of animals that are kept like I said, mostly in South America for biological research. In other words, when they want to research on certain drugs, they get a guinea pig. Maybe they want to test for a particular uh, virus or test for a particular drug that will be manufactured. They get a guinea pig and then they punch the needle there. They want to see the effect on the animals before they find it Maybe apply it to men or as the case may be. So guinea pigs are actually animals that are meant for biological research. Are you still there with me? Now, guinea pig simply means then, it's a subject of research, experimentation, or testing. A guinea pig is a subject of research. Experimentation or testing. Now, when somebody wants to prove a thing, anything he uses to prove what he thinks he's discovering is a guinea pig. Are you getting that? Meaning, if your pastor will have to manipulate you to test his spiritual ability, you become a guinea pig before the pastor. Are you still there with me? 
You are not meant to be used to prove the gift in anybody. Nobody is meant to grow up and begin to use you as a testing ground to prove whether you have the gift of knowledge or the word of prophecy. You are not a guinea pig. Christ died for you, raised you, sealed you. I want to live his life through you. You are not a guinea pig. And you will never be a guinea pig. Are you there with me? There is an evil going on, people. How many of you read about what uh, Pastor Adeboy of the Redeemed Church said recently? Hmm? Maybe he didn't get that information, but he made a statement. He said, when you go to pastors and they do match matching, that that is taking place of the Holy Spirit when you are going to look for a husband. And somebody have to match you with a man. That is taking the place of the Holy Spirit. No pastor has a right to match you with anybody. When you come into such a platform, you are a guinea pig. You should be able to know who your husband is. God should be able to tell you, this is my wife. I can only confirm to you what God has told you. I can't tell you who your husband is. I can't tell you who your wife is. You are not a guinea pig. Are you there with me, somebody? Anytime God speaks a word through a man, it should confirm what is in your spirit. Because think about it. If you are the one getting married, I'm not the one getting married. So God should be able to first tell you who you want to marry. Then I can confirm what God told you is true. The church is not a place for mate matching. There is an evil going on, people. I remember some years back, young man was in this fellowship and the prophet came in, took his scarf of a lady and brought the boy close and tied both of them together. He said, the Lord have joined you. Mate matching. Now they walked into that because they said the man was a prophet. But the marriage collapsed after about 10 years. Because there was no relationship, no love, no affection, no affinity one bit. It was a scarf wedding. Guinea pigs. Are you, am I talking to somebody here? You are not a guinea pig. You will never be a spiritual guinea pig to anybody. Stand the liberty where with you are bought. Your redemption was paid for. Walk in your freedom. You must hear God for yourself. Hallelujah. I can God be talking to somebody. He doesn't talk to you. Man, I've only said that except you are a bastard. Huh? If I'm going to be sharing something on that. But remember the message on you are not a spiritual orphan. How many of you remember that? God talks to his people. Praise the living God. So you are not a spiritual guinea pig. Amen? Let's look at how this thing works. Talk with me to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 51. Isaiah 51, I'm going to uh, just verse number 22. 
Bible says from the King James. Thus saith the Lord of thy Lord the Lord and thy God that pleaded the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thy hand the cup of trembling even the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt no more drink it again. But I will put it into the hand of them that afflict thee which I said to thy soul, bow down, that we may go over. And thou hast laid thy body as a ground, and as a street to them that went over. You know what I mean? Like down, they said to your soul, like down, what's in your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotion, your intellect. In other words, somebody has made you to become a dummy. You can think for yourself. You know what it means to walk over? I'm going to explain. Some of you need to understand what the street of gold means. The street of gold speaks of the divine nature of God. Are you hearing this? So when the Bible talks about the street of gold, it's talking about you are put on the divine nature of God and it is God alone that is allowed to walk through the street of gold. Hallelujah. But somebody have reduced you to a pulpit. Your mind is no longer functioning. They decide everything for you. Not at all. You are not a spiritual guinea pig. Your soul is not functioning. Your mind is dead. Your emotions are dead. Everything about your life. No, no, no. Somebody has to tell you to eat before you eat. Not at all. Very soon somebody will tell you to go to the loo before you go. There is an evil going on in the body of Christ. Are you still there with me? And somebody said, lie down. And you have accepted to lie down. Now it's walking over you. I'm going to explain what it means to walk over. Talk with me to the book. Let me still read it from the message translation so that you can pick something there. Therefore, listen. Please. With your splitting headaches. You are not seeing the hangovers. That didn't come from drinking wine. Your master, your God has something to say. Your God has taken up his people's case. Look, I've taken back the drink that sent you really. Man, listen to me. Everything that is giving you confusion, God is taking back from you. You have heard it because of wrong talks. You have heard it because of the things you've heard. You have heard it because of prophecies that have come over your life. You are really without drink. You are confused without drink. God is how to take that drink from you. They are not spiritual guinea pigs. No man is permitted to use you for an experiment. Hallelujah. No man drinking from the jug of my anger. God is not angry with you. Are you hearing this? God is not angry with you. Why? Christ died to pacify the anger of God. God is not angry with you. Praise the Lord. If God wants to kill you, remind him about the death of Jesus. Praise the Lord. If, if Hezekiah could remind God about what he did, just the work he did, why can't you remind God about Jesus? Hallelujah. And look at what he said. He said, I have passed it over to your abusers to drink. Those who ordered you 
Down on your ground. So we can walk all over you. And you have to do it. Flat on your ground you wear. The dirt under your feet. Can you imagine this? When people manipulate your life. Walk over you. I'm going to make you see how they walk over you. All because we have to be Christians. Remember. A few months ago. My uncle who is now my spirit, my father was here when Robert Munion came into meetings. That was in the month of uh, February. Remember that? The guy was not a worshiper. He came here, saw what happened here. He came down here and knelt down and said, son, pray for me and let this man from South Africa pray for me. I said, what do you want? He said, but I come in church. You need to pray for me. I didn't know what was in his mind. I said, okay, well, I pray for you. I prayed and then Munion prayed for him. He went back home and called me and said, I've given my life to Christ. No more idol worship. And look at that. The next, I said, okay, you get a church to attend. Say, yeah, there's a church you need to attend now. I said, okay, fine, go ahead. Not up to a week, I got a call. I said, what is it? He said, my son, I'm in trouble. I said, what is that? He said, the, the prophet of the church said, I have to run for my dear life this year, otherwise I'm not going to see December. I said, run for your dear life. Say, where are you running to? I'm just thinking whether I have to go to TB Joshua, I have to go to somewhere. I said, You are not going anywhere. Tell that man he's a liar. Then I asked him, Okay, you know the best thing to do? He said, No. Now that you left idol worship and they're asking you to rough on, like go back to idol worship. He said, no, I don't want to go back. Fine. So you have nowhere to go to. If you come to the house of God and you can't find a solution, you have nowhere else to go to. Tell the man he's a liar. And then I said, get him my phone number. He couldn't get the phone number for us. I told Max, the master said, man, we can't allow that. That spiritual manipulation. The next week they went to service and he said he had a vision in the night. And somebody has so much problem. And uh, he perceived as my father that he need to pray for to avoid that problem. My father said, I have no pains in my stomach. He said, but if I don't pray for you, you won't survive. And he said, hey, if anything happens to me this year, my son will hold you responsible. That was the end of the debate. Now the man is alive. He left my house off two days ago. Strong and healthy. No stomach problem. That was a spiritual manipulation by a prophet or so-called. You are not a spiritual guinea pig. If you are sick, you will know you are sick. If you are strong, you will know you are strong. Am I talking to somebody? Yes, a spiritual guinea pig. People come here with all kind of prophecy, all kind of talks, all manner of things. It's not going to work. Are you still there with me? It's not going to work. You know what Paul said to Galatian people? Galatian 3. Oh, ye foolish Galatians who have bewitched you. That is, that is where men lie down for somebody to walk over. When your senses are no longer functioning. When somebody thinks for you. The Bible says, let this man be equal in Christ Jesus. He said, be a transformed by the renewing of your mind. He didn't say, try away your mind. Renew your mind. You still have your mind, but let it be renewed. He didn't say, cast it away. Praise the Lord. And somebody once asked me, Pastor, these things you say, 
Doesn't mean God, God doesn't speak to you to people. Sure he does. But I confirm what God has spoken to the people. How many of you know when you come to me with your visions here, I ask you what you mean by that vision. I'm not going to take any dream you have and interpret it for you. You have to first of all attempt to interpret your dream because you have the dream. I am not Nebuchadnezzar. It's only Nebuchadnezzar who say, I had a dream, I forgot the dream, tell me the dream, tell me the meaning. I am not Nebuchadnezzar. When you have a dream, God gave you a dream. I can give you keys to interpret your dream. Am I talking to someone here? Why? Because you are a child of God. I believe in interpretation of dreams, but I'm not going to put everything down your throat. You have to come to the... What about if I'm not there? And you have a dream. What happens to you? Then you run to some little quacks and they give you visions and interpret the visions. And the next thing you're going to have a headache and begin to reel. Like the scripture is saying, drunkenness will take over your life. Fear of death will begin to hang all over you. You are not a spiritual guinea pig. God delivered you, paid the price, made you free, and you are free indeed. Somebody say, but pastor, we still have a lot of things coming along of the Bible tells us through much tribulation shall we enter into the kingdom of God. We are not afraid of the things that happen because they are happening. No. And that has nothing to do with somebody pursuing you and wanting to kill you. There is no power in this universe that can take a child of God. Am I talking to someone here? No power. Hallelujah. Take your time to read Galatians 3, at least 1 to 4. Find out something. But I want to read something for you in the book of Deuteronomy. Hallelujah. Bring it from the Amplified Translation. Deuteronomy 13. You are not, and you will never be, as long as you are here in this ministry, you will never be a spiritual guinea pig. I won't allow it. Praise the Lord. It's about time you start having some good dreams and visions of the night. Amen? Let God talk to you. Wake up in the morning. <laughs> there was something very exciting. I think about where's the last week. The Lord gave me a song in the night. Wake up singing the song. I called my wife. I said, look at the song God is giving to me. And I find that it was a native song. And the good story was that he has the hymn book of native songs. So we went to locate the song. We started singing the song and God began to speak to us from the song. A lot of interpretation began to come. We begin to see why God gave me the song in the night. And it's all concerning the brother and his fellowship. And we're singing this song because I was singing this song for the brother. By the time we begin to look at the lyrics of that song, we begin to see why God gave us the song. Because God is going to set him free. Are you still there? Deuteronomy 13. From the Amplified. I'm reading verse 1. If a prophet arises among you, or a dreamer of dreams, and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder he foretells to you comes to pass, and if he says, let us go after other gods, gods you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know 
Whether you love the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with all your entire being. Which is your soul. Now somebody asks your soul to lie down there in my walk over. Are you getting the picture now? And somebody comes here and gives you a dream, gives you a vision. And the Bible said the thing came to pass. And then in the midst of that, he's telling you maybe to get the solution that you have to begin to do some things which is contrary to your simple faith in Christ. The Bible said, don't you believe that man that God allowed the sign to come to pass to prove you whether you love him with all your soul. So that a vision came to pass what it means is from God. Am I talking to someone here? That a prophecy came to pass doesn't mean it's from God. God allows some of these things you hear to come to be just to prove you. I've told you times with that number. Men have told me you are going to die and I will tell them I'm not dying. Are you see that? I am not going to die. I am going to live to declare the good news of the kingdom of God. You can't give me such fake prophecies. I'm not going to accept it. I've had three wonderful accidents in the course of being in ministry. I'm still alive. Even if these bones are broken, I'm still going to preach. Am I talking to someone here? I am not dying. Don't tell me I'm going to die. And so the accident happened. I said, but I told you, and so what? Are you sitting there with me? And so what? Listen, anything that takes your faith from Christ, no matter whether it's a prophecy, whether how many of you understand what is going on today? People give you prophecy and they ask you to do certain things. You're not going to buy salt or buy pepper, or you're going to go to a stream to bath. How many of you understand what is called spiritual baiting? Huh? Spiritual baiting. They have to bait you in the night. Women, they bait you naked in the night. Spiritual baiting, 12 a.m., light seven candles, pray naked, go around it. Where is the power of Christ within you? Speak the word, the Bible says. He said, they shall decree a thing and it shall come to pass. You don't have to be naked to pray. God have come to clothe your nakedness. Put it on the Lord Jesus Christ. Stupid ministry. Made you guinea pigs. You light seven candles. Begin to walk around for two hours in the night. Naked. You are a, you are a professional herbalist. Doesn't matter what I use in the Bible. I remember somebody coming to me one time and telling me how somebody offended the person so much and he has to do this because the pastor said this is what he has to do to punish the brother. So what's your gain to punish the brother? Because somebody offended you. God forgave you. Isn't it? Say yes. You forgave the brother. He said, why can I do that? I said, right here, kneel down. I pray for you. Forgive the brother. Kneel down in the office. I lay hands on me. I begin to cry. And he said, but this is what I was asked to do. I said, I'm asked to nothing. It's your belief that walked there. If you forsake it now, nothing is going to happen. The brother is not dying. You are not dying. And both of them are still alive. Spiritual guinea pigs. Those making money out of you will start because a lot of people, they've always asked you to go and buy all the colors of the candle. Red, blue, green. And so the candle manufacturer are making money out of your foolishness. You don't need a candle to get to God. 
One thing alone you must need. Christ Jesus. You don't need anything else. You don't need salt. You don't need pepper. Am I talking to someone here? You don't need anything. The dame said, I was speaking to Paul and Silas and say, Hey, here are the men that brought us salvation. How many of you remember that? Believe them, follow them in the book of Acts. And the Bible made us to understand that the girl was using the spirit of divination, but what she was saying was the truth. But was it from God? The answer says, No. So, why do you think if somebody tells you anything and it's correct? That makes it God. And when Paul rebuked the lame cell, the spirit left. She could see nothing. She could say nothing. Are you sitting there with me? You can't be deceived if you are under this ministry. I'm just being honest with you. Unless you are not hearing the voice from this altar. You can't be deceived. You never can be a spiritual guinea pig. God is angry. And this is the hour. So when our devil is said, I say, thank God we still have some fathers in this country. We will not allow the flood to be manipulated for gains. What do we do with the things we do? Why do we give the property we give? Because we want money from the people. So why don't you simply say give me money instead of making all the stupid manipulations? Hallelujah. Go to the book of Daniel chapter 11. Hallelujah. You can't be a spiritual guinea pig. Because you were born with a price. Hallelujah. I'm excited in my spirit because somebody is coming alive. Amen. Somebody's mind is opening. Your understanding is coming. Every seal in your mind has been broken. Because you are a child of God. Born with the precious blood of Jesus. No spiritual manipulation. Daniel 11, the last verse, verse 32. Such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupted by flatteries. But the people that know their God shall be what? Strong and do exploits. Now I'm going to explain something to you. You can find your time to read the book of Daniel chapter 8, verse number 9. You're going to hear about the little horn, which actually speaks of uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. Yeah. And we're made to understand that Antiochus Epiphanes, how they desecrated the temple of God in Jerusalem, put a lot of them into captivity, destroyed the entire worship system, brought in swines, in place of the normal lamb that will be altered. I mean, offered to God. Amen. It's caused all of the services and sacrifices that were supposed to be offered daily to cease. That was what he did. And I think that was about 171 BC. That was before Christ. Amen. But then, there was a family that rose in Israel. When other people were being oppressed. 
This is actually what Daniel is talking about. So doing exploit is not necessarily where you can put it that way, doing manufacturing, whatever, but no, but doing exploit is staying in faith in the midst of oppression and persecution and deception. Have you seen that with me? So, now, there rose this particular family that is called the Maccabees. The Maccabees actually were, it became a general name, but actually the family there was Mattathias the priest. He raised that. He resisted every deformation, every, every corruption that was going on. He resisted it. He stayed true. And then he handed over the baton of resistance, as the case may be, to his son Judas. So we we'll call him Judas the Maccabees. Now Judas Maccabee stood to resist everything that this king was doing. In other words, he stood by the principles of the Jewish system. We won't bow down to whatever you are doing. Even if you are going to oppress us, no. They resisted the whole thing. That is what Daniel is talking about when he says, They they know their God shall do what? Shall do exploits. What he's trying to say is, Men cannot manipulate those who know their God. Just like the Maccabees. Hallelujah. All of this took place 171 BC. That was before Christ. You know, you can't get the Maccabees from the Bible because the book is often referred to as the Apocryphas, which means the you know, inspired books. And so basically, what you find in the Maccabees, the book of the Maccabees 1 and 2, is the historical uh, development and growth of this particular family that stood in test of time in the Jewish system. When Emperor Finance were trying to destroy everything that was Jewish, everything that was of the Jewish religion, these people stood their ground and said, We can't bow down. The midst of persecution, we can't bow down. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Those who know their God shall do what? Shall do exploit. In the midst of when men are invading the church to corrupt the system of God, somebody's going to stand up and say, We can't do this because this is not of God. That's the Maccabean spirit. Do you understand that? And it's only those that know their God that can be able to do what I'm talking about. You have to know God for yourself. You have to know who your God is. You have to know what God intends for you in life. You've got to find your blueprints. Are you still there with me? All you need to walk through life is to hear God. He is your father. Knowing that he will lead you to the place of finishing. You don't need any manipulation from anywhere. You need one thing but what? Christ. Hallelujah. So the Maccabees, they have to stand for what God stood for. They refused to move. They refused to be changed. They were not afraid. They were not intimidated by everything that they were doing. People were dying, but they stood on. They refused to bow. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? And very exciting to me, the word Maccabee is the word hammer. And how many of you understand that Jeremiah said the word of God is like hammer? They stood by the word of God. They trusted in what God said. They believe the work God put in place in the midst of other people bowing down and following the desecrated system that was going on. It can't be your portion. You will never, I never, I can't allow you to be a spiritual guinea pig to anybody. Unless you have no relationship with me, unless we are not connected, unless you are hearing my voice, unless we are not in the same system. I can't allow that. Because I know what it means. Hallelujah. Men are giving me very very dangerous prophecies and I've always made up to understand men until God confirm what you are saying I'm doing nothing with what you are saying doesn't matter how fantastic you can be as a prophet it makes no difference to me not at all I'm not against the prophetic ministry 
But as far as I'm concerned, the true prophetic ministry of the New Testament, the expansion and of, the, of, of the word of God, to make people know, to come to the place of fullness, the mystery of God being revealed to people. I'm not talking of just seers. I'm not talking about people who just sit on black and white under your bed. That have nothing to me. If you have a black cloth under your bed, it's your black cloth. If you have a red cloth under your, under your bed, it's your red cloth. What makes you think yeah, I'm going to have something red or black? Check all your clothes. There's one color. It might be black or red. Something is there. Does that make any difference? Praise the living God. Are you still there with me? I hate spiritual manipulation. There are people telling you to lie down that they might walk over you. Let's move on just a little bit so that you can understand what I'm saying here. Praise the Lord. So, the Bible says you lie down, people are speaking to your soul, lie down and they walk over and you lay down your body as the street. Now, even look at 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter 6. 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, I'm sure. Now you find this. You look at 15 to 16, the Bible says. And what tongue called that Christ with Belia, and what part had he that believed with an infidel? And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. God has said, I will dwell in them. I will do what? I will walk in them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. The same word. Men say, lie down. I may do what? Walk over. But God said, those who belong to me, I will walk in them. What does that mean? Somebody wants to take the place of God in your life. Are you there with me? Somebody. What God was supposed to say, somebody wants to say it. They said, may you lie down. Let's walk over. But God said, listen, you are my street. If it's true, you are walk. You know what that means? God is going to pass through your mind, your thinking, your intellect, your emotions. Hallelujah. You come to the place where you are truly redeemed that your feelings become the feelings of God. God's emotion becomes your emotions. If God is crying, you can cry. That means what makes people cry can't make you cry. Except God is crying. Because you are redeemed in your soul. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Your spirit is redeemed. Now your soul needs redemption. But somebody say, may your soul lie down. So manipulatively, they walk through your system by manipulating your mind so that you can think for yourself. You have no understanding of what life is. Everything you must do, they must approve or disapprove. But God said, you are going to be my people. And what did he say? I'm going to walk in them. Hallelujah. Hey, that reminds me of the Garden of Eden. The Bible says God was walking in the cool of the evening. And the Bible tells me, 1 Corinthians 3, verse number 9, that we are God's garden. We are his husbandry. We are his feed. So where does God walk? He walks in the garden. How did Adam know that God was there? He heard the voice of God. If God is walking through you, you can hear God. I will walk in them. Now you see, Paul quoted it from the book of Leviticus chapter 26. Verse number 11 and 12. And this is what God said to Moses. I will set my tabernacle among you. And my soul shall not abhor you. Hallelujah. Leviticus 26 verse number 11. God said, I'm going to set my tabernacle among you. And I will not hate you. I like that. When he said, I will not abhor you, it means I will not hate you. Now, 
How does God sell his tabernacle among us? It's no longer the tabernacle in the wilderness. In the true sense, Christ is God's tabernacle. We have become the tabernacle of God because he wants to dwell within us. And because Christ is within, God cannot hate you. Did you get that? And he said verse 12, I will walk among you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. Praise the living God. We are talking about the permanent residence of who? Of God among his people. God doesn't come and go. Are you still there? No, 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 no. That was Old Testament principle. When the spirit came upon Samson, it will lift. Spirit come upon the prophet, it will lift. No, 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 not today. God has come to dwell in his people. Permanent residence. It's not taking leave. It's not moving out. It doesn't go on vacation. Anywhere you find yourself, God is there. That's why David said, where will I hide from thy presence? Anywhere you are, God is there with you. Am I talking to someone here this morning? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Go with me to Isaiah 14. Let's begin to tie up. Isaiah 14. I want to trust God for some people to begin to rise like the Maccabians so that they can be able to stand with the word of God and come by the spirit that is flowing from God's throne. Amen. No spiritual manipulation. That order is over for you. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 14 verse number 1. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and we have choose Israel. And set them in their own land. And the stranger shall be joined with them. And they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them. And bring them to their place. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord. For servants and handmaids. And they that take them captives. Whose captives they were. And they shall rule over their what? Their oppressors. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass on the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bonded wherein that was made to serve. Now, what I'm interested in in this passage is this. Those who have taken you captive before, you are not going to take them captive. Did you get that? Those who have succeeded in manipulating you, now you're receiving wisdom, you're going to be the one to manipulate them. Because you know what? When next time they come to you, say, I saw a vision. And they need 10,000 to buy the things. Huh? To do the prayer work. You're going to tell them, I don't give my 10,000 for prayer works. I give it to the Lord. Are you see that? All the games they were playing on you before is over. You don't need to buy anything from the market to pray to God. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Give me 10,000 to buy things to pray. It's over. Huh? Those who have held you captive, now you are going to bring them into captivity. Yeah. By implication, their ministry is over in your life. Yeah. Because you know who you are. No deception. You are not a spiritual guinea pig. Nobody will have to experiment in your life because they think they know. But they that know they are gone shall be strong and do exploit in the midst of confusion, in the midst of persecution. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Amen. 
They are going to bring them to captivity. They are going to be people to... Listen, the Bible says you are going to rule over them. You know what? You are coming to the place where you are going to have dominion, authority, power over every manipulating spirit. Praise the living God. Talk with me to Isaiah 24. You are not going to serve these people anymore. You are no longer their bond slave. By reason of the manipulative spirit that ever had upon your life, you will never be. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isaiah 24, look at verse 21. And it shall come to pass in that day, today, the day of Christ, that the Lord shall punish the hosts of the high ones that are on high, and the kings of the earth upon the earth. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit. And shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days shall they be visited. Then, watch this. The moon shall be confounded. And the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign where? In Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. And before his ancient world, gloriously. I want you to see this. In that day, which is the day of Christ, men that have helped you captive shall be put in prison. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The moon and the sun shall no longer have their life. What does that mean? You will no longer be ruled by natural order. Christ alone is going to rule your life. So when God begins to rule in Zion, the moon, the sun shall be ashamed. What does that mean? The moon and the sun are natural orders. Remember that. Hallelujah. All religious system are be brought on their feet when Christ begins to arise within your spirit. So when Christ begins to rule in Zion gloriously and among his ancient people, the elderly ones, and understanding begins to come to the church, the moon and the sun shall not give their light and shall be ashamed. Religion. Hallelujah. You know, we have the moon worship. Even the Jewish people, they also have moon worship. Amen? Hallelujah. And we also, even presently, had moon worship. They were looking for the sun to come. The sun was not coming. And the moon was not coming, so it was difficult to break the fast. <laughs> moon worship. But when Christ begins to rally in Zion, are you there with me? The Bible says, the moon shall be ashamed. Even the sun itself will no longer give a light. When Christ begins to rule in you, nothing external will control your life. I see the moon here to be wrong dreams as well. Because you dream in the night, that is the power of the moon. Amen. Manipulation. The sons are the sons. We are supposed to have the sons of righteousness. Now we have sons arising and manipulating the house of God. And the Bible saying the sun and the moon shall be ashamed and shall not give a light when the Lord begin to rule where? In Zion. So when Christ begins to stand up within your system, there is no external voice that can control your life anymore. You are no longer a spiritual guinea pig because only one man is qualified to rule your life and that is Jesus Christ. Stand up and let's pray. Hallelujah. I want you to come to the place of understanding in God. To know that he paid the price. 
he paid the price. You can be a spiritual guinea pig. Everything that have been confusing your mind before, they are dropping now. Every dream you've had before, every prophecy I've ever come to you before, that have confused your life, they are dropping now. These are the sun and the moon that was supposed to be manipulating you. But from today, only God is going to reign in Zion. 